End to End is back, episode number 35 of 35 of season two. Flags is not here with us. Uh, we announced that last episode, but me and Joe are still here for the ride. Uh, we had an interesting play-in round, Joe. Uh, do you want to tell us what happened with your team specifically? So my team pulled off the biggest upset in the entire play-in series, and I was just like absolutely <laughs> floored with how they played. Like they played, like I don't know if it was they played like way above. The, like how they could play or just Pittsburgh didn't play good at all. But like, yeah. I mean, it worked out for them. Like, I don't know how I feel about it. Cause they missed out on possibly missed out on Lafreniere who we'll get to a little bit later in mm -hmm. this episode. But like in the moment, just watching them play and win and like actually win, like it didn't really count as a playoff series, but like it counted as something yeah. to get into the playoffs. Like as a diehard, like I could not just, mm -hmm. I couldn't be, like, pissed at that. Like, I said I was going to be if they somehow won, but it going back, like, it's hard to just see them finally succeed in something because they haven't made the playoffs in, like, three years. So mm -hmm. I was, like, pretty happy about that. But now they got to play the Flyers, mm -hmm. who I don't think they're going to be. Like, I think they'll win maybe one or two games, but Philly's been a wagon yeah. since the the NHL return to play started again. Yeah. So I have no idea. But how about uh, your team? How did your team do in this play-in? Oh, they did. They made expectations for sure. I mean, <laughs> losing again, uh, not winning a series, if you would call this a series. And yeah, I mean, I guess they did meet expectations because that's what they do year after year. They just keep losing in the whatever first round, if you want to call it. So yeah, I think very disappointing, obviously. Everyone picked Toronto to win beat Columbus is for what I'm seeing but like in the city of Toronto the media and all this stuff are coming out now saying like what changes they're going to make next year and I'm just sitting here saying they made a lot of changes over the past three years I mean they've let people go like Van Riemsdyk, Bozak and all those guys Komarov and them that's already big changes letting them go and then obviously uh, drafting all these guys and making the core players stay here signing Tavares trading for Barry I would consider that change, and I don't know what you do now. Like, what do you think the Leafs do in order to change something about this personality DNA? Because it's, it's clearly not working. So, I don't know. What would you do? And I'll get to mine next. Um, I don't know, but I, they got to get rid of one of the core four, and it's not going to be Matthews or Tavares. So, mm -hmm. I don't think it's Marner either because that contract is almost impossible to trade, especially now with all this... Because of COVID, there's going to be a flat cap, yeah, no cap for like the next two, three, four, maybe five years, just a flat cap because of how much money mm -hmm. they lost. So a contract or a player like Nylander, who's, who, had a, who had his best season, obviously, today in terms of like right. goals and points per game. So he's, his value is at an all-time high, I think. So if they were to mm -hmm. willing to want to trade one of those guys to just – because you would have to basically do a one-for-one one in this scenario, like trade him for like a defenseman straight up. So if they wanted to go that route, they could, but they just need to address the blue line because they only have two of their two defensemen of the top four that are assigned for next year in Riley and Muzzin. And then Riley's a UFA after next year. Mm. So they really have to <laughs> make some decisions what they're going to yeah. do with that defense because Muzzin's locked up. They just signed him. So he's going to be there for the next four years, I think. Yeah, um, around that three, four years. Yeah. yeah, something like that. So they just need to, to, to address the defense because that's been the biggest issue for as long as we both can remember is the defense. It's always been an issue. <laughs> and they just have two, they're uh, too top heavy in terms of like skill. Yeah, like, I don't know. It needs to be more distributed. Yep. Right. Yeah, like I'm seeing this with like Tampa and all the teams that have obviously made it through to the other rounds and like I'm noticing a bit of a theme like you're they just don't have the best players they have the best role players if you I guess get what I mean because like you have guys who can hit you guys have score you guys pass you have guys who block shots you have guys who can play defense you like I think the Leafs forwards are all very skilled and that's I think a problem because I don't think skill can work and Obviously, it hasn't for us. I mean, some teams have won in the past that are very skilled, but they also have the guys, like I mentioned, that can do those type of, uh, type of role things for your team. And with the defense, like, 
I don't know. You can't blame Dubis because he made the move to get Muzzin and, well, it hasn't worked because we didn't win, but it was still a move that was necessary. And he also brought in Barry, which clearly did not work out one bit this year because obviously all the Leaf fans are really pissed off at him, uh, not performing to the way he was performing Colorado. But I think it's a one. I don't think Tyson Barry is a bad player. I just think he did not fit the system at all uh, with the Leafs. So. You could call him a bad player, but I think he's just going to leave in free agency. And there's that that Tyson Berry one-year story for Nazem Kadri, who we could have used this year in terms of hitting and that role player. But Alexander Kerfoot didn't play too bad, but we needed that defense in order to get more points on the back end and help the defensive play. But Tyson Berry didn't do that for us, and he didn't fit with us. So that, uh, that, book's, that book has been uh, closed for now. So I don't know what they do. I think, I don't know. You, like we always say like what do, what do we what do you think they do and then i don't know anymore to be honest they've lost so many times that you just i don't know if you can go in with the same team next year so no you can't think you, you need can't. yeah but like how much of a move does not going with the same team next year mean because like I, I don't know like tampa has made moves boston has made moves and not significant moves like they haven't got rid of the core players yet there in those towns but like is that a thing the Leafs can do? They can move on somehow without trading one of the core players? Like, I mean, do you trade a captain and a Janssen? Or do you trade a prospect? I, I'm not sure. So, Yeah, I think, the, I think the problem, too, is that, like, Tampa even admitted, even though they didn't say it, by basically they got swept by Columbus last year. They were v- very similar to the Leafs and how they were built. Very top-heavy, lots of skill, not many, like, meat-and-potato type of guys. And then, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. throughout this whole season, they, they, they've given up a ton of picks to get guys like Blake Coleman. They signed Patty Maroon in the offseason. Barkley Goudreau, who's somehow a, mm-hmm. a first-round pick. Yeah, yeah. They signed Zach Bogosian, who got his contract terminated by the Sabres. So they added, a lot, like, three, four, maybe even five guys that, like, are more role players and to just make them harder to play against, like... Right, right now, they're playing against Columbus, who is very similar to, I guess, very similar in, in a way where they're very hard to play against, as you guys saw in the Leafs-Columbus mm-hmm. series. So right now, that game's going to a second overtime, as we're recording this right now. Um, and just, they just, like, they didn't full out, fully say it, but they kind of move pieces around, move some prospects around, picks, to get tougher to play against. Right, yeah. I think that's the way to go in the NHL these days because I would, I would make this bold statement that it's true. Like, the last two finals have been really hard-hitting teams and hard-to-play-against teams because the Blues are massive and the Bruins are always just the Bruins and bad. And then Vegas obviously came in the league, got lucky, and they were really, really good and tough to beat. And then Washington had guys who could hit you all across the lineup. Devontae smith Pelly, even Ovi throwing hits. So I think you just got to change your way of playing somehow the Leafs and they've said they've done that years and years and after but nothing's changed on the ice because we scored zero goals in a um an elimination game and yet Frederick Anderson lets a bad goal but he should not get the full blame for that game because you in order to win games you got to score goals and they didn't so yeah I think we should uh move on from that topic uh it's a topic we'll probably talking next year because it's probably going to happen again um <laughs> Yeah, so the play-in rounds are done. There were some surprises and some predictions we made that would happen, and I think they did happen. Uh, we could go through each series just quickly, and yeah, Edmonton versus Chicago. Who would have thought Chicago won? I did, I guess, but the Edmonton Oilers lose. Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl lose to the Chicago Blackhawks in five games. Did you see that much of a outcome coming uh, with this series, Joe? Not at all. Yeah. I thought Chicago's defense was terrible, and it was, because both teams got lit up. It was mm-hmm. just more of, like, who could stop the other person first, essentially, because every game had, like, I'm pretty sure almost every game had a combined, like, more than six goals, if I'm not mistaken. Like, both defenses were, like, a tire fire, and then just Chicago just came out on top of this series. Like, they won the... The last game, I think, 4-3, was it? Or was that game? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think they won, like, a close game, 4-3. They scored, like, two goals halfway through the third, whatever. But both these defenses were terrible. I thought Edmonton was going to win just based on how bad Chicago's, like, actual defense, like, defensemen are. 
But, I mean, mm-hmm. Taves turned into uh, Wayne Gretzky <laughs> in this series. He turned back into 2010 Taves. Um, yeah. McDavid, Dreisaitl. McDavid had nine points in four games. I'm not sure what else, what more he could do, that guy. <laughs> yeah. like, Jesus Christ. But Yeah, that's... They have that's a funny. lot of question marks, especially in that. Like, Mike Smith, Koskinen, both are not the answer. They got to no. either possibly, but I don't know how they're going to do this with the cap, they maybe can go after Braden Holpe in free agency because he's maybe. a UFA and he's most likely done in Washington just because they have Samsonov coming up. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe you go that route, uh, let Smith walk, get rid of Koskinen's contractors somehow or whatever. Maybe yeah. he's the backup. But yeah, just the goaltending and then the defense. They have some pieces. I mean, they got Bouchard coming up soon probably. Mm-hmm. Ethan Bear is coming into his own. Nurse, Clef Bomb. I mean, Larson, whatever, but they should be better next year, I think. Yeah. Well, year after year, it's the same narrative as Toronto here, but yep. I think that team has two players. Yeah, you're not wrong. I think they have two players that are really probably, yeah, franchise players and can dominate on either team in the NHL. Just you need secondary scoring, you need defense, and you need saves from your goalie. So that's what they didn't get in this series, and they ultimately lost for Chicago. So. Moving on to the next series, which is probably the most, um, I don't even know what the word is, like, just, it was af- done after game one, like, Winnipeg, yeah. Shifley went out, Line got injured, and I think you had Shifley in, in our pool, right? Yep, and he got hurt, I think, less than five minutes into the first period of game one. Yeah, I don't think, yeah, that's that's tough for your team, and even the Winnipeg Jets itself, that's your... I would I would like to call him their best player, and when your best player is out, uh, it's not very good, especially when he plays center like that, and you and Palmieri can lie on him so much. So, I think they just lost the series from there. They won on game and I think game two after yep. that, but I think it was just lights out for Calgary. They just got on top of their weak d- decor. Hellebuck didn't play like Vesna Hellebuck, but kept them in every game. So they just didn't score, and that was the problem. And Calgary obviously beat them. Yeah. Just like, yeah, like you said, that series is done after you see Shifley go down and then Line A leaves the game with a wrist injury and that two of your top six done. Like that's, your t- their top six would have just carried them through the series if they would have won it. Because going in, like if all team, both teams were healthy going in, which they were, I thought it was going to be like a grudge match going to yeah. five games. It went to four games, but like I thought like it was basically like they won game two and then like they just lost steam after that. Yeah. I could I could agree with that. Yeah. Uh, the next series, Vancouver versus Minnesota. We both took Vancouver to do the predictions last time we recorded N10. And, yeah, Vancouver ended up winning in four games, I believe. And mm-hmm. it was a tough series. It was very close. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one for or this series? I mean, Vancouver was asleep in the Did first game. Did you watch it game. all, actually? Because it was late. Yeah, it was late. I think I watched, like, yeah. a few minutes of every game because it started, like, 11 almost every night um but like yeah, it was crazy <laughs> yeah it was like vancouver was asleep the first game they, they got shut out i think and then they woke up game uh two and three they took won those games and then game four was actually really entertaining it was three three going to overtime and chris tanev scores the series winning goal in overtime mm-hmm. so that's a nice win for for a younger canucks team trying to prove themselves now they got to face off against the defending stanley cup champion st louis blues so that's going to be a nice series to watch, I think. You got the young guys, Pedersen, Hughes, Besser, Horvat, all those guys there versus a veteran yeah. St. Louis team who's trying to go back-to-back. Yeah, that's going to be a good series to watch. So, yep, we both took Vancouver right there. And then the next series was the Nashville Predators versus the Arizona Coyotes, which uh, Arizona upset them. Uh, they won. Darcy Kemper probably carried them in the last game to beat Nashville in the elimination game. And yeah, this series was, I believe, 3-2-1 for, Na- or for Arizona. And yep, I mean, the Nashville guys, their top line, like we said, I think in the prediction, their top line has to be their best line. And they were, and they still end up losing. So yeah. Arizona had a lot of ch- p- key pieces chipping in. Taylor Hall was big. Kessel was big. Even uh, Christian Dvorak was big. And obviously Kemper was big, so... Yeah, for this, I just think, like, the goaltending was the big difference. Saros yeah. couldn't make the big save. He couldn't keep them in the game. But he did keep them in the game, but he couldn't make the big save like Kemper yeah, yeah. was on the other end. I think yeah. that's the problem, and it just ended 
like in four games. Like it went to overtime. Brad Richardson, I think, <laughs> scored the OT winner. It's pretty, pretty shit goal. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, but like Nashville, like they could have benefited from getting Lafreniere as well. They right. they lost, but we'll reveal who won. Everyone probably knows who won. We'll react to that, but. That would have been someone who could really change their offense going forward, but they couldn't. They didn't get him. Yep, for sure. I agree with that. Uh, Eastern Conference will head over to, and it's obviously the Toronto's with Columbus series. I think, I think we did enough explaining in that one. Just quickly, uh, Columbus is a great team. Like I didn't think they were going to come out like this. They missed those three players: Duchesne, Panarin, and. Bobrovsky from last year to this year and they they got players that stepped in very nicely for them and they just play a systematic game that works with John Tortorella I think he's one of the best coaches in the NHL even if he were to lose this series the Columbus Blue Jackets played unbelievable and they played really hard on the Leafs so got to give them credit but what are your thoughts from the Columbus Blue Jackets winning this one I give tons of credit to Tortorella. He knows his players so well. Everyone's seen that clip. If you watch like Sportsnet and stuff of that clip where he's ripping Pierre-Luc Dubois in Game 2 when they got, uh, I think they got shut out 3 nothing when Toronto won Game 2. He's ripped him and then Dubois responds with getting a hat-trick comeback win uh, the next game. And we all know the Leafs, they were down 3 nothing in Game 4. The last four minutes, they Throw three goals in the net it was insane. We didn't really talk about that, but like it all ended up being for yeah. not because they lost. They got shut out in Game Five. But like, I just a lot of credit to Torts. He knows his guys. He knows how to make. He knows how to uh, make a team out of less talented players. He doesn't need like a Panarin, Bobrovsky, Duchesne, all those guys. They did it versus Tampa last year. They beat Toronto in this play-in, and now they're versing Tampa again. So. Mm-hmm. Who knows if he can find uh, lightning in a bottle again versus Tampa. Nice little pun there. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next series, your boys, the Montreal Canadiens versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. Absolutely no one saw this coming, and nope. the Montreal Canadiens beat Pittsburgh. So on Pittsburgh's end of the things, I think they have a lot of things to worry about because you're, if you're getting exposed by a team like Montreal, sorry, Joe, I know, not the best team out there, but if you're getting exposed by Montreal, I think you have to reconsider something about your team. Uh, you've lost, I don't, honestly, it's like comparable to a sweep in this one. They basically got swept two years in a row versus yeah. the Islanders and the Montreal Canadiens because the 12th seed beat you and you had a lot of expectations and you have still the core guys on your team and you still can't find a way to win. Jim Rutherford came out today and said that they're they're trying to get younger and more better and they want young players that want to win, so... I don't know what that means because basically everyone that's old on your team is the core players and I don't think you can move on from them. So uh, what's your thoughts on this one? Um, my first thought actually is that price is still um, <laughs> absolutely unreal and that this reset that he had to rest up what benefited him and Weber the most out of yep. anyone on the ice in this series because both of those guys played absolutely unreal. So that's my first thought. On Pittsburgh's side, like, they've lost nine of their last ten playoff games, going back to the 2018 playoffs, when they lost versus the Caps in the second round, swept versus Islanders, and lost to Montreal. So, I don't know what has to be done there. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. They keep, I think the problem is Jimmy Rutherford. He keeps making so many trades and changes and keeps adding players. And just, it's like, you have the core, like Crosby, Malk, and Latang. I guess Hornquist is part of that core. Gensel is part of that core. And then you just keep getting guys. Like you sign a Tanev. You sign a Jack Johnson. Then you trade back for mm-hmm. a Connor Sheary. Then you trade for a Zucker. Then you uh, trade for a Galchenyuk. And then you trade him away for like Zucker. And then you sign for a Bukestad. It's like they have all these guys in and out of the lineup constantly. It's like I feel like there's no chemistry there the last couple of years because he keeps tinkering with the right. with the roster. Yeah, I think I could agree with that. That's a revolving door of players. Yeah. And many, many revolving doors of players there. And they've been injury hurt, like, the past few years. But, like, again, Joe's right. You're right. Like, it's just, I don't think you can make that many moves and hope for your team to keep repeating what they did when they went back-to-back with the same team that they had. And then they just keep tinkering it. So, yeah, I don't know. They got to get younger, I guess. But... How do you move on from guys like Crosby, Malkin, and Latang? I I think the answer is you don't. So they're your franchise players by far. So mm-hmm. 
you take the lead on the next series. All right, so for this next series, I didn't think this one was really much of a debate going in, but it was the Islanders versus Florida. So you had Florida winning this series, and I had the Islanders winning, which they did in four games. I just, I'm not sold on Florida at all. Like, they're defensively, they're so bad. It's it's not even funny. Yeah. They don't even have, like, bad defensemen. Like, you have Ekblad there, Yandel, like, Mike Matheson. Like, they have okay defenders, but, like, Bobrovsky, that contract looks god-awful. Like, you would think he could rebound kind of like how Price did. He had a bit of a rough year. They could rebound after the rest because he's in his 30s now, Bobrovsky. But he just, he had like a 901 save percentage, I think. At, I don't know overall, but I think on 5-on-5, five five I saw a stat about that. They just, they couldn't, they were good on the power play. You know, Barkoff, mm-hmm. Huberto, Hoffman, those guys showed up to play. Yeah. But everyone else didn't, and that was the problem. Yeah. And I think that's a problem they try to address in the offseason. It didn't work out. Like, Noel Chari couldn't get to his uh, good old 20-goal form there in the playoffs. <laughs> or Brett Connolly didn't step up. Guys like that. And then, like we said in the prediction, trading away Vincent Trocek was one of the stupidest things they've ever done. Yeah. I guess they know something we don't, but that was pretty stupid because they could have used them in the series for secondary scoring. But, yeah, I took the Florida Panthers thinking that I was a bit sold on this team, getting Joel Quenville, getting Bobrovsky, and, like you said, it could look like one of the worst contracts in the NHL considering they drafted Spencer Knight just before they signed him in offseason, and... I don't know. Florida, they're like I don't I don't consider them like an Edmonton, but like they have an Edmonton feel cuz they have three guys who are just unbelievable in the, in the front of them on forward, but they need more pieces, they need more scoring and Barkov just can't go every night and Huberto just to carry your team. So, I don't know what they need to do, but they need to fix something with their team. So, yeah, congrats on the Islanders. Barzell's a hell of a player. So, they're versing the Washington Capitals. So, yep. Barry Trotz versus Old Lads. Mm-hmm. So we'll see who wins that series because Trotz knows the Caps' weakness, but they also know how Trotz coaches. So right. it's going to be who kind of like who can dictate the pace first. Is it going to be Washington because they're a little bit more physical, I think, than the Islanders? The Islanders are more sound. They get hit too. They got that fourth line, but mm-hmm. Washington could hit on every line. Yeah. So we'll see with that one. Then and, Carolina yep, versus Carolina. Yeah, Carolina versus the Rangers. Uh, for you, I'll, I'll let you start with this one because uh, you were not too pleased with the Rangers' performance here. <laughs> yeah, like I had Carolina. We both had Carolina winning this series ultimately, but like the Rangers, I just they're not ready yet in terms of like breaking. Like I didn't think they're gonna win. Carolina, like on paper, like their defense is unreal, <laughs> and they didn't even have Dougie Hamilton in the series, who should be ready for Game One versus the Bruins tomorrow, mm-hmm. I believe. Yes. I think they played tomorrow. No, yeah. it's tonight. Is it tonight? Yes, it's yeah. tonight at, at 8, as we're recording on Tuesday. But, I mean, they like that line of Aho, Shveshnikov, Teravainen was unreal. Like yeah. That's such a sick line now. Like If they could just keep that line together, that's going to be like the new like Bergeron, the new McKinnon line. Those guys are all like under like 25, 26. Unreal. Shveshnikov's a beast. I have him in our playoff pool because i knew he was a sleeper he had a really good regular season a very underrated one and he the kid's the real deal i really wanted back when he was drafted in 2018 i really wanted montreal to get the second overall pick because we all knew dalin dalin was going to go first overall Mm -hmm. so i really wanted montreal to get second because feshka was projected to go second but carolina moved up i think nine or seven spots to get him in the top three montreal pick kakanyemi at third yep who, by the way, had a really good series versus the Penguins as well. Yep. Finally looking like a, a pretty good player right now, but finally playing with some good line mates. But anyways, Carolina, they're, I really liked them. Their goaltending was like a question mark going in, but Reimer and Morazic have played, yeah. on, played unreal. They made like highly real saves every night versus the, versus the Rangers, who you know got Panarin, Zabinijad, Kreider. Those guys can put the puck in the net. They made some unreal saves, especially Reimer in that flurry in yeah, uh, was, Game 3. I don't know what they do next series versus the Boston Bruins, which is tonight. Uh, they could have won, they could have lost by now, but I'm going to uh, upload this episode tomorrow. So, But uh, for this series, yeah, the Rangers' performance, like they have good defense, just I don't think that they were ready for as much offensive attacking as Carolina did in a sweep, which was the only sweep in this uh 
this play-in round thing. And Carolina, that first line's unreal. They have a great team. Like you said, they're missing Dougie Hamilton. They're also missing Brett Pesci, and they're also missing Trevor Van Riemsdyk. So that yeah. those players aren't even playing, and the people they have on the ice are even are just as good, except for Hamilton, because Hamilton's obviously their stud there. But, yeah, Carolina smoked the Rangers, and I guess we can transition to what uh, new player the Rangers are getting come, I think it's October or November. So, yeah, you could say who, who they got in the draft lottery. So the draft lottery happened last night, and the team that got him, of course, we alluded to him, the New York Rangers are selecting first overall to select... Most likely select Alexis Lafreniere. It's not confirmed yet. There are some people, but I don't on Twitter that think that the Rangers are gonna pick Byfield with the mm-hmm. first pick, just because they have Panarin and Kreider locked up on the left wing. So I don't think that's gonna happen. Like you can't fucking unless you trade down. <laughs> yeah, that's the only th- thing I would do. Like realistically say for example they would uh go after say they get the first pick ottawa approaches them with the third and fifth pick possibly but this is just a possibility because they really want lafreniere he's french canadian he'd fit right in in ottawa Mm -hmm. so maybe the rangers entertain that and then they could just trade down and get byfield maybe at three or stuzel i think is a center as well and then a defenseman at five so that could happen potentially i'm not sure if they're going to do that because like Lafreniere is not one of those first overall picks where you know he'll be a good player and what that's yeah. it but this guy has a lot of superstar potential like he kind of reminds me of like a McKinnon but like a, a winger version mm-hmm. he kind of plays like a center but he's a winger so we'll see yeah, what the Rangers do but can't pass up on this guy yeah especially. exactly you can't do that but like they could if they wanted to really think about like yeah. building like get like a byfielder like uh who's the top defenseman is it Drysdale, yeah, yeah, Drysdale. So you could pick Byfield, Drysdale. You have a second line center and like a, another top four potential D in the future. So we'll see, but I don't think that's gonna happen. Yeah, I don't think like it could happen, but like the fan rage on Twitter from Rangers and even NHL fans just be they'd get roasted forever. Just imagine <laughs> trading Lafreniere to Ottawa and becomes a stud. So I don't yeah. think you could do that. But yeah, it's. It's going to be tough for LA at second because they have a lot of centerman depth in their organization. They still have Kopitar, who's really good. They drafted Turcotte last year. They have Velarde, uh, Anderson Dolan, and Akil Thomas, who are all centermen, I believe. So I think I so, don't, yeah. I don't know what they do. Maybe they just take a Hunter and Drysdale and take them second because they need a defenseman besides Drew Doughty on that team. You know, mm-hmm. they have a, a few guys, Bjorn Ford, Dersey, but yeah, I don't know what they do there at second. That's a tough one because they have centermen, so... Maybe they go out for Stutzel, Raymond, guys like that. But yeah, the draft lottery was. We all we we all said it from the beginning. It was already stupid enough. But like, imagine like, did you see the Leafs ball? You sent the thing or the Leafs ball, right? Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> Double man. doink. Oh my god! Like, <laughs> they were like a millisecond away from winning the lottery, which would have been <laughs> terrible for the NHL, but happy for me. Yes, I'm just very happy the Leafs, the Oilers, and the Penguins didn't get first. Like, I'm, I'm kind of salty about the Rangers just because they also got lucky with getting second last year as well. And with Panarin signing, it's like everything's happening good for them the last, like, 12 months. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm, like, kind of, like, a yeah. bit salty. But, like, I mean, it's better than those three because Twitter or, like, social media would have been, uh, yeah. like, a, like had, like, a yard sale if Toronto, yeah. Carolina, I mean, Toronto, Edmonton, or Pittsburgh got the first pick. Yeah, that would have been rough. I would like I would like to see Minnesota or Nashville never have Yeah, that's who I, like that's that. why I wanted Minnesota I was rooting for. But like, I have no problems with the Rangers. They really haven't had a star player the last few years, so I I don't even know Messier dating back, like star level talent. So the last time they drafted first overall was also nineteen sixty five, so Yeah, I think I they they lost. deserve it to be honest. <laughs> yeah. So Going to the Big Apple in uh, New York. And that's it from the draft lottery. I mean, other teams slotted into their slots. Uh, obviously, that uh, Leafs pick is going to 13 to Carolina. But uh, that actually could go to the Rangers. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I, I heard about that. Do you want to explain it? You can. Now you do it. Okay, well, because like, the Rangers, 
the Carolina Hurricanes traded with the Rangers and they got the first pick for Brady Shea. So apparently that, that first round pick was the Leafs because Carolina, I don't know why they didn't trade their own pick, but I think it, like, I don't know if it could still transfer to the Rangers. So, so they I, would have like first overall and 13th overall. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that'd be an L for Carolina. I have no clue. And then Pittsburgh, obviously the talk today with Jimmy Rutherford coming out and saying all this stuff. They're waiting on taking that 15th pick from Minnesota because that Zucker deal, they can either take that pick this year or wait till next year. But I think they, I don't know, like with their team, they, you can say they have a good chance of making the playoffs next year, but you just never know. But yeah, I would just play it safe and take this year at 15th overall. Yeah, this is supposed to be a deep draft as well. Last year's draft was was a bit weaker in comparison. Mm-hmm. This year is supposed to be a very deep draft, so I would definitely take it this year. Yeah, so that's pretty much it from the draft lottery, and we'll get to the predictions for the actual first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So what game do you want to do first? We don't have it in the notes, but we can just say a series and just... Well, let's talk about the game that is still going on in Lightning yeah. in Columbus. It's almost done the second overtime, which is nuts. The shots are currently <laughs> 57 to 43 for Tampa. So Corpusella has made 55 saves so far, which is, my God, the guy's Brodeur. Marty Brodeur-esque. Brodeur these days. He's got a 965 save percentage. Yeah, I don't know. What, like, the guy's going to fall off the face of the earth next year. Why? I know. Probably, yeah. He's just really hot right now. Like, that's the problem with this this layoff. You just run into a guy who just comes hot out of nowhere, and they just win games. Like, like, like we could talk about this series. So, like, I'll start off with, like, Tampa needs to get revenge on Columbus, obviously, from last year where they got embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Probably the most embarrassing yeah. sweep in NHL history compared to where the, both teams finished in the standings. Lightning had like a historic regular season, had almost the most points in NHL history as a team, almost the most wins as well. And just the way mm-hmm. they got, like they left the playoffs was so bad. So they're looking for redemption. Like Hedman's actually playing today who got hurt in the last uh, round robin game. And it looked like it was a serious injury. He kind of got pissed when he slammed uh, yeah. the boards there on his way out. But he's playing this game. Stamkos is still not playing. He hasn't yeah. played a game yet in any of this return to play. That's extremely concerning for Tampa. <laughs> like, this guy cannot stay healthy. So I don't know what's with him. I don't know. Ever since he broke his leg that, that year, what was yeah. it 2013? That was seven years ago. He could, yeah, yeah. yeah, 2013. Yeah. yeah, and he could miss the Olympics and what all that stuff that year. So... I don't know what's wrong with him. He cannot stay healthy. He can't play. He he always has these like terrible injuries too. It's not like uh, like a strain. It's like yeah. like one year was it not last year or two years two ago? Years he had, or something. Yeah. He had blood clots. Like my god! Like <laughs> and the guy gets like his. I don't. I don't even know what the hell's wrong with him now. He just hasn't played a game yet. Um, yeah, but I don't know. He hasn't played since February. He hasn't. He can't catch a break. He can't catch a break. Yeah. But your overall thoughts on this series and what can happen? I think Tampa's going to take it. I think, I don't know how long Corpusello can keep this up for. <laughs> like, I really, I don't think he could win them the series because he's already played a series that went the distance. So I don't mm-hmm. think they would, if they would win, it would be seven games. But I just see Tampa winning. And I think, I think I said six games in my bracket, they're going to win. So I'm going to take Tampa in six games. Yep. I am also doing the exact same thing and taking Tampa in six here. Yeah, they need revenge, man. Going out to Columbus for the second straight year in the first round just would be terrible. And their new GM, I think it's Brigeois, I think his name is, the last name. And him, his first year coming into this, like he just got like gifted a great team with all this talent. But next year is going to have to work out differently as they need a lot of room for more people making money. And I don't know what's going to happen there. So... This is Tampa's year. This is Tampa's year. They missed a lot of time, obviously, with the coronavirus. And coming into this, they were basically all healthy, except for Steven Stamkos and Hedman, who was a bit shaken up. But this is the time to win. Just, I don't know. You've got to prove all all the NHL fans wrong. Like, we keep putting... I have Tampa winning the Cup. We keep putting them winning the Cup. When are they going to actually do it? I know, same. I've had them winning the Cup since... 2018 the last three years because they missed in 17 because they had like a ton of injuries i think that year since like 
20, yeah, even 2016, I had them winning the cup over Pittsburgh, who won it that year, because both teams went to the Eastern Conference final. Yeah. I've had Tampa winning the cup, like, the last, like, five <laughs> years almost. It's almost going to be a decade, man. Oh, my God. They yeah. went to the finals, like, five years ago, and it, they haven't gotten back there since. Yeah, it's tough, but I think the Tampa Bay Lightning will win the series, but... Again, like I've watched the Columbus Blue Jackets for five, for five games, they're not going to give Tampa a nice ride, and clearly not as they're in second overtime. But obviously, all the results will be gone and diminished when the episode's out tomorrow. So, But yeah, Tampa Bay, I have this winning, winning the series in six games. And then we can move on to Philadelphia versus Montreal. In this one, I have the Philadelphia Flyers winning in six games. I think Montreal, with the way they're playing and... With the way Philadelphia's playing, it could be a sweep, could be five games, but I have it in six games. I'm going to give Montreal two wins here uh, just in case Price does go off one game and just in case the Montreal Canadiens can get through that great Philadelphia team right now. So I'll I'll have the Philadelphia Flyers in six games. Yeah, I also have the Flyers in six games because, like I said, like the way Philly's playing, it could be over, it could be like a sweep or five games, but I, I'm not going to doubt Montreal to get at least one or two wins here. Yeah. Like, Price has been playing too good. Now they've been off a couple days. He's a little bit rested. They play tomorrow, Wednesday, when this episode will be released. Mm -hmm. So they got a couple days off to regroup a little bit, kind of study the Flyers. Same with the Flyers, studying them. But I think if they they play like how they played versus Pittsburgh, they'll have, they'll be in the games. Yeah. I think they'll Mm -hmm. make, the Price is going to have to steal at least one of them for one of the games. But like, I'm not as like, not as uh, down on the Canadians as I was going into the, the Penn series. They yeah. showed me that they could play really good, tight, and Price could, is still all-worldly all worldly if he plays like it. Mm-hmm. He could steal a game or two. So I have Philly in six as well. Philly is unreal. Like, yeah. I didn't realize how good they were until I saw them. A few of their, their round-robin games, they could roll four lines and six defensemen like it's nothing. Yep. And they can all do, like we've been saying, like the Leafs need, they can all fit in roles that they need. So, yeah, they've been hot even in February. I think they won like eight games in a row or something. They were on a heater going into the break as well. It's still here, so. Yeah. Alain um, Vignon, man, he's got that team figured out. They're playing unreal right now. Yeah, he's always good with those good teams. And they have good two assistant coaches who are also head coaches in this league, Terry Ann and Yo. So yep. I'm sure that helps with the coaching end, but... The players on the ice are just unbelievable and playing really like a team. So uh, with the next series, the Islanders versus the Capitals, obviously Trot's playing his old team. I have the Capitals, though, winning this one in seven games. I have it going to the distance because both these teams can adapt to each team's playing style. More, I think, the Capitals adapting to their playing style because the uh, the Islanders are very defensive and they can just grind you down and play boring hockey. But... At the end of the day, it's what you get on the scoreboard and scoring goals. And the Washington Capitals can score a lot of goals at will if they want. If they do, like Ovechkin has nothing in this whatever start to this playing thing. And yeah. I, I don't consider that concerning because Ovi can just get out of it like a snap of my finger. So, but I, I have this going the distance. So game seven uh, for the Washington Capitals here. Yeah, I have the Capitals winning as well. I'm going to say six games just because, like you said, like their offense is really explosive, the Washington. And like it's going to be interesting to see who can outcoach who. You got the Todd Reardon, who was assistant coach when Trotz was here, and then Trotz, who coached a lot of the players that are still on this roster from that cup-winning team. So it's going to be interesting to see who kind of goes up on top. But like I think the Capitals have are built for another run, to be honest. If, if everyone's firing on all cylinders, like they weren't even firing on all cylinders, they didn't even come last in their yeah. round robin. Like, they, Ovi, like you said, Ovi didn't even score a goal. So if they, <laughs> those guys, like he starts to wake up, good look out, man, because he'll just go on yeah. a heater. I totally agree. So the last uh, series for the Eastern Conference, the one that starts tonight at 8 o'clock, is Carolina. Yeah, it's going to get delayed 100%. <laughs> Tampa is still not done their game. It might start at like 10 at this rate. Um, uh, Carolina versus Boston. So this is a rematch of the of last year's Eastern Conference Final. Um, this is a toss-up for me. Boston yeah. has looked so bad in the round robin. Like, And it's not like they're resting players. They just 
They couldn't score. They got destroyed every game. So I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Because I know they were kind of meaningless games, those right. round-robin games. But, I mean, they got to, you know, Wake show up. that they're going to win a game. They got, like, embarrassed some of the games. So yeah. I actually, in my bracket, I think I put Carolina in seven. Because yeah. I'm just, I really like Carolina right now. I wasn't so, like, I, the goaltending is still a bit of a question mark. For me, because right. I don't know how good it could hold up again versus, I mean, Boston. They played the Rangers before. This is the, the last year Stanley Cup finalist. So I'm going to say Carolina in seven. Yeah. That's a good it's risky, though. It's I, uh, risky. Yeah, because Boston's playing so bad. Like, Yeah. Like, we just don't know. Because they're, they're not that. Like, they're not no. that bad. They can come out tonight and win like five nothing for all I know. Right. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't be surprised, like to be honest, because like that's what they could do. And then the Carolina situation and goal, like could Morazic actually be good tonight, or could Reimer be good tonight? Whoever starts, like they they both have bad and good qualities in them, and they've been playing the good qualities already versus the Rangers. But I have the Carolina Hurricanes in six games, just by the fact that Carolina is so hot going into this. They swept the Rangers, as we said. And Boston's playing like, yeah. yeah, you know the word. And it's, I don't know, like, I can see this, like, I see it going six games, but the thing is, like, I can see one team dominating the other because Boston can really turn it on at any moment, I think, because they're just so good. And then Carolina has been already playing good, and they could just capitalize on the Boston uh, play being so bad. So it could go either way, but I have Carolina in six just based off what have they done in the play-in series. So that's... It for the Eastern Conference, I believe. We are going to head over to the West, where the Arizona Coyotes and the Colorado Avalanche are playing. Who do you have there, Joe? I mean, I have Colorado going to the Cubs, so I have the Avs winning in five games. I don't know if Kemper could keep this up. If he does, he's going to steal one game for them, but just looking at the rosters, like Colorado's ready to win now, and they're still such a young team. Mm-hmm. But they got McKinnon, man. The guy's chugging right now. Landis Gog, Rantanen, Kale McCarr, Nazem Kadri. They got Nemestikov. They got pieces around McKinnon. And I think they're primed for a cup run. Like, they could have went to the Western Conference Final last year versus St. Louis if it wasn't for that stupid offside call. Yeah. That kind of screwed them over terribly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, like, I think it's going to go... F- five and i think colorado's just gonna kind of beat them up a bit well we we keep having the same series winners here and we're gonna stick to that plan i have colorado also in five games because yeah mckinnon is just one of the league's best i think he could literally take over the series and like you said kemper we don't know what we're gonna get are we gonna get good kemper bad kemper we don't know but i've learned in this playing thing and even last year you can't count any team out so you, I don't know. So Arizona, I don't think they're going to win it, but you never know in the NHL. So I have Colorado in five games. All right, the next series here, we kind of talked about it a bit earlier, is the St. Louis Blues versus the Vancouver Canucks. So like I said, we've, we said before, this is a veteran St. Louis team that wants to go back-to-back. they got the exact same core almost as last year. And uh, Vancouver, a young up-and-coming team, they played really good versus the Wild in their play-in series for the most part. So I think I'm going to have, the, I had the, in my bracket, I think I had St. Louis in six games. Um, I just think they're ready for another cup run. They're built like it. I don't think Vancouver's ready yet. They got, they got amazing pieces around. They got uh, some more forwards, especially like draft mm. picks or prospects coming their way, like Paul Zolkin, who they drafted last year. So I don't think they're ready yet. They got a great top six. The third and fourth lines are are okay to me. They're not bad. And their defense, like, uh, their bottom six is a bit of a question mark. Markstrom's been great all year, but I just think St. Louis, they have the poise. They yeah. have the experience. Vancouver could, could win this series, I think. But St. Louis is just built to win now yeah. again. Yeah. Like, they're, like, Vancouver... They're not built to win now. So I yeah. think St. Louis is built to win now again. So I'm going to say St. Louis in six. Yeah, with this one, I'm also saying the Blues, but I'm saying them in seven because I don't know if it's just a theme or something here, but all the all the round-robin teams have looked like dog shit. Like, the Blues yeah. lost every game. And yeah, they, they did. came into this, I think, first or second? 
I think they were second. And they haven't been able to score with guys like Tarasenko, O'Reilly. I know he's not a scorer, but Braden Shen, Jaden Schwartz. I have three of those guys. Guess how many points all three of them have combined? Zero. Zero points. That just tells you something. So they haven't been able to score. They haven't been able to protect Jordan Bennington, who hasn't played his best, but he's still actually like making saves and keeping them in games despite the scores. I don't know what we're going to get with St. Louis, but we've seen last year that Obviously, they come together and you know play that role type of game. So I have them winning in seven just based off the Vancouver, again, you said it, not winning and not be able to winning now. But you never know, and I think it could go the distance because both of these teams have two different playing styles. So it could either mash up or really just one team can dominate. But I have the Blues in seven here. All right, fair enough. We're going to go on to the next series here that's actually currently going underway as well as Calgary versus Dallas. So I have the Flames here, I think in six, I picked in my bracket. I, Dallas, for some whatever reason, <laughs> is such a good team, but I don't know how. They have yeah. no one that can score on their team, yet they win games constantly. Right now, in this game versus Calgary that's currently going on, they're down 2 nothing after the first period. It is now 3-2 at the end of the second. They, they came back to tie it, and Calgary took the lead again. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. This Dallas team is such a wild card to me. Like, they don't have any really high-end skill on offense except for, like, Sagan and maybe Radulov. I don't even consider Ben high-end talent anymore. <laughs> the guy had, like, less than 40 points yeah, this did. year. Yeah, he did. So, like, I don't even... I don't know. I have no clue how this team wins games. I just don't. They just play good defense, but they still somehow, like, win constantly. And they don't yeah. have anyone that, like can break out or change a game that no. plays like that right now. I guess Heiskanen could be that guy, but... The guy's a defenseman. That's the yeah, part yeah, I don't I get. I know. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. But, yeah, you picked the Calgary Flames in six. I'm going the Calgary Flames in six as, again. So, we're just seeing a trend here with us. But, like you said, the Dallas Stars, they, they can really defend. They're really good at it. But just the scoring part, I don't know. Like, Gurionov's good. Hints is good. But their star players need to be their star players. So... But I have the Calgary Flames in six games. They're just, I don't know, their depth really chipped in against Winnipeg. And I know Winnipeg was injured and stuff like that. But, again, the Calgary Flames are just hot right now. Cam Talbot's playing really good. So I have the Flames in six games. And then the last series in the Western Conference, the one that's, I think, the most lopsided potentially, maybe <laughs> other be. than the Colorado-Arizona one, is the Blackhawks versus the Vegas Golden Knights. Like, Vegas is primed to go on a cup run too, similar to like Colorado and the Blues. Like the Western Conference, I think, is really good Mm -hmm. this year. Same with the East. Both are really good, to be honest. Like you could pick two or two teams, almost two to three teams in each conference that could that's primed to go on a run. Mm -hmm. So I think Vegas is gonna win in five games. Like they're gonna get Max Pacioretty back for this series, who missed all the games so far with an injury. Um. I think Chicago, they showed that they could they could score in this. That was kind of a little bit of a... We kind of knew that going in, that they could score, but they couldn't defend. And Vegas is really built mm-hmm. to score and defend, and they can hit. They can play any game you want to play. They can skate with you. They could hit you. They could outscore you. They could defend you. They got Leonard and, and Fleury, who's a yeah. good one-two punch. I mean... If whether they start, I don't know who's starting tonight because this series goes tonight as well. Leonard is. I think yeah. I was gonna say Leonard's been unreal all year. Flurry, they might want to rest him a bit if they. If Fleury, Leonard's got the hot hand, so I would play him as well. He's been great all year, so I think goaltending is gonna matter and defense. And Vegas is playing. They're like Shea Theodore, Nate Schmidt, Alec Martinez, who are boy. Uh, <laughs> Our boy loves the Vegas Golden Knights. He picked up half the roster, if not more, for the playoff pool. Oh yeah, um, he might be. He might be onto something. They're a really good team. They got a great top nine, I would say, not even top six. Great top nine, and a pretty good decor. At least yep. Theodore leading the charge back there. How many games do you have them in? I said in five games. Yeah, I have the well, like I. <laughs> I've just learned that like nothing is like a sweep or nothing is dominant in this playing thing. Like Chicago beat Edmonton, dude. Montreal beat Pittsburgh. So like, I'm gonna give two games to Chicago just because of what they did against Edmonton. They beat them. They won three games versus Edmonton, and no one thought they would even get a win, not even score goals. So I'm gonna say they're gonna beat um, 
Vegas two times, and Vegas is going to win six games, though. Vegas is just, just too good to lose to Chicago. Like, just disappointing if they were to lose. And they have Patrick coming back very soon, so that's going to add a ton of scoring to their team. Already have Mark Stone in their lineup, who shows his leadership and plays good and can score. And their power plays could be on fire against Chicago's weak defense, but you never know with Patty Kane out there and guys like that. So I have the Vegas Golden Knights in six games here. It's going to be closer. Like it's going to be. Cl oh no, sorry. Chicago dominated them in the regular season. Actually, that big. So that's, okay. Uh, they have that good going into this, but different type of horse you're eating here with uh, with Vegas. So yeah, I have Vegas in six games. So. Overall, we basically have the same bracket, just games are a bit different here. Yeah. Um, everyone made their bracket in the pool. It's almost the same, identical. So, yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens because weird things happen in the playoffs, and we've seen that last two years. So, yep. don't know. We see it almost every year. Something weird happens. A lot. Some teams are not supposed to be where they're supposed to be, but uh, that's, why the, that's why the NHL playoffs are the best playoffs. No one could tell me otherwise. Yeah, it's very unpredictable. Any mm -hmm. team who makes it in, could win the cup potentially yeah it's like the draft lottery everyone has the same amount of chance i think it's just so wacky that any <laughs> team can win on any given night like even like you look at the la kings they were like one of the first eight seeds to win the stanley cup in 2012 like just yeah. any team could win on any given night sometimes momentum yeah. doesn't matter in the in nhl playoffs we saw that in the play-in series especially versus leafs in columbus no team won back-to-back -back games that series, even though they both had huge wins the night before. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep tabs on that. I think we're I don't know when we're gonna record the next episode because like we could record after round one. Should be done in like a week or so. But we could uh, we, we could even record like during like near the end of round one, kind of yeah. recap if some series have finished early potentially, and yeah. see if any like news happened. Right, nothing... Yeah, so we have the article out. I think we mentioned that last week, but we have the articles of predicting the NHL awards this season, and if this wasn't uh, notable already, John Tortorella for the Jack Adams, I don't think, like... I, I know it has nothing to do with now what's happening with the Columbus Blue Jackets, but if you didn't pick Torts for the Jack Adams out there, like, all the people who voted, man, like, your pick just looks terrible right now because they beat the Leafs, so... yeah. But that's out there. Uh, do you have anything out coming out for the breakdown or nothing? Yeah, I'm actually going to do something regarding my, I guess, my, my, my reaction to the first overall pick going to the Rangers. And mm -hmm. not really my reaction, kind of like what it means going forward for that team, what they could do with it, like how I kind of explained okay, yeah, they yeah. could trade it, but like they probably won't. And then what their lineup could look like with Lafreniere, if they can make changes or whatever. Got it. Look to that on the Breakdown Sports, and look that on Twitter. Well, we actually don't have a Twitter anymore, but look to it on Joe's Twitter. I'm sure you'll tweet it out, so yeah, it'll be there. Um, yeah, that's it for me. I have nothing new coming out, but we have a secret project within the Breakdown Sports coming out probably in the next three months, so yeah, we're not going to tell you right now, but it's coming out soon, so end-to-end -end will be back later on sometime in the first round. See you then. Woo!